Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In this two-hour Entitled Parent special, I'll be showing you the top 10 most upvoted Entitled Parent stories of the past month. Here we go. When someone tried to get you fired, but you have a reverse card. This incident blew up in March 2021, in the middle of lockdowns and stuff. It would probably be recognizable to people I work with. Hopefully they don't read this thread. It's a story about someone whose ambition was bigger than their ethics and the law and it coming back to bite them. At the time, I was working as a manager in a mid-sized business. While I was there, I was assigned a new member to my team. I'll call her Evil. Now, Evil was in her mid-twenties and was pretty fresh out of college. She was the kind of person who could talk your ear off about all of her ideas and plans and what she was working on, but she never really seemed to have anything to show for it. When I talked to her about clients complaining that she wasn't getting back to them, she would always have an excuse about how difficult they were, how snowed under she was, and how she'd written an email, but it must have gotten lost in spam, so on and so forth. Basically, never her faults. It got to the point where after one of our monthly meetings, I called her in and explained that if she couldn't get her task done, she needed to let us know so we could help delegate resources to make sure things weren't slipping through the cracks. I'll admit, I was pretty direct. Her performance was impacting the whole team, and my job was literally to keep the team on track. I get that people can be under pressure, there can be stuff going on at home which impacts work, and that sometimes people need a bit of help. But if every time I ask about a project, you say, yep, yep, everything's good, I've got it under control, and then it all falls apart, and your only response is to blame the clients, we've got a problem. I explained that I wasn't going to start formal performance management or anything like that, but from now on, I'd like her to check in with me on Monday mornings for 10 minutes to go over objectives for the week and to check if she needed support with any of her clients. I know it isn't fun to be micromanaged, so I try to keep these check-ins short and mostly just offer assistance on stuff. She clearly hated my guts though, and apparently was hatching her own pro-revenge. Now, part of my role included use of a purchasing card, which wasn't in my name, but I had access to it. I was given the card to basically make small purchases for the office or spend up to $500 on clients. The card was kept in an office I shared with another team manager where we could both access it when we needed it. One day, I get a call from accounts asking about a few abnormal purchases on the card. A Photoshop subscription, a couple of Uber Eats orders, an HBO subscription, etc. I say I don't know anything about them and they should check with the other team manager. Apparently, the other team manager didn't know anything about them either because after the weekend, I get called into the big boss's office. After my colleague and I had denied involvement, accounts had started calling Adobe and Uber and stuff to find out where the transactions were coming from. They said that not only were the accounts in my name, they were registered to an email address with my name in it too. For example, op at domain.com or something like that. I can't describe what it felt like to be in that meeting. I felt physically sick. I couldn't work out what was happening. 
I was so shocked. I didn't know what to say I felt like I was about to get fired and I couldn't understand how that was even possible The director was going on about how access to the card was a privilege and that I signed an agreement about appropriate use and so on and so forth I denied that i'd been using it inappropriately and the boss listened, but I could tell he wasn't that convinced To be honest, in my head, I was gaslighting myself and worrying that I'd somehow saved the card in Google and maybe my wife had been accidentally using it or something. It was terrible. And I found myself apologizing and saying, I don't know how this happened. I assure you that I know that none of those expenses are appropriate uses of company funds. There must have been some kind of mistake. Can I please have the details and I'll look into it, etc, etc. When I finally got out of that office, job still intact, barely... Evil was waiting for me at my office door. She was grinning from ear to ear and she sweetly explained that she'd been waiting for our morning meeting. I told her something had come up and we'd do the meeting tomorrow and she said, oh, will you be in tomorrow? Now confused because I didn't know I was in a pro revenge thread at the time, I just replied, yeah, why would I not be in tomorrow? And she just sipped her tea and said, oh, no reason, turned around and went back to her desk. Something fell off. But I was still worrying about what had happened with the boss So I spent the next couple of hours calling my wife calling adobe and doing the same legwork that accounts had done It became very obvious that someone had been using my name and the company card to spend a bunch of money online Had I been hacked or something? Well personal info on the dark web and these hackers just really wanted photoshop and wendy's delivered It was the uber eats that was evil's undoing After getting on the phone and talking through what had gone on and obviously giving my name for the account and everything The fellow on the phone told me where the food had been delivered It was in our city which made me rule out straight away any notion of my data being sold online or something Now I was suspicious and angry. I don't like to think the worst of people but now I was Listening to my gut. I pulled up evil's employee information and checked her address I pulled it up on google maps dropped a pin on her place and then looked for the address uber eats had given me it was the corner of her effing block i was furious when she left work for the day i got it to give me access to her laptop sure enough when i opened up her domain.com account under her listed accounts was op at domain.com the same email that had been used for the uber order there were some things that she had been smart about The ip address she'd been using was the office which would have tied back to me She'd even had the food delivered to a different address. She'd even made a fake email address But saving her passwords on a work computer was a mistake I called the boss that night and explained what i'd found and kept the it guy with me to support the fact That I hadn't just logged into her computer and made it all up The next day the boss called her into the office and fired her so bad There were red trucks lining up outside the building when she teary-eyed left his office I made sure I was standing in the hall sipping a cup of tea It had gotten cold while I waited for her but look it still tasted sweet I hope she went home that night because if she did she would have received some nice goodbye wendy's delivered by uber eats Paid for on my personal card, of course. That is brilliant. Revenge and justice can be the same thing, right? In the end, she was fired. The boss apologized and we were on good terms when I left in October for a new gig. Now she, evil, never apologized and I've not seen her since. The boss decided not to get police involved and neither did I. 
I just didn't want the hassle. Wow, guys, I've got to say, on behalf of evil, good effort. You were so close. Yeah, horrible thing to do. But you have to praise her, you know. She was very, very close to getting this worker fired. It was almost perfect. I do think that ordering the food to the corner of your house is a bit stupid. I mean, look, come on. You might as well order it to your house at that point. At least do it a few streets away or something and then drive and go and get it. The corner of your building... Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Not to mention being logged in on the Uber Eats account on your work laptop. Yeah, pretty dumb. And the email as well. I like the fact that you made the email in the first place in OP's name. But yeah, leaving yourself logged in, not the smartest idea. It's actually pretty cool. I think this might be the first pro-revenge story that I've read, which was written by the victim. Like, OP didn't realize that they were on the receiving end. And it's amazing as well that they just used the exact same revenge in reverse to get their revenge. Do you get what I'm saying? Very, very clever. I really enjoyed this story. Imagine, guys, being evil, going home, knowing you're fired, and then, from out of nowhere, an Uber Eats order arrives. And you know exactly who it's from. And the pain in that Wendy's burger. It's just too much to take. Probably a nice burger, though. Who knows? Now, moving on to our next story. Now, this one actually comes from r slash nuclear revenge. So, you know it's going to be a little bit more serious than the first. Miss Nice Girl has left the building. First, I need to explain something. I seem like a very nice, laid-back, easygoing person. So most people make the mistake of thinking I'm a spineless wimp they can take advantage of. Operative word there is seem. In point of fact, I have a vicious, vindictive temper. I'm just emotionally lazy. I don't like wasting time and energy on confrontation that can more profitably be spent elsewhere. However, if you mess with my family or my money very bad things will happen to you. As my mum liked to say, Miss Nice Fancy has left the building and you don't want to meet the other fancy. Example follows. This happened about 20 years ago. I started working as a CAD drafter for a small drafting and design firm, practically fresh out of college. I made a good salary, not great, but comfortable. Very soon, I found myself the drafter, receptionist, office manager, file clerk, and even janitor when I needed to pick up a little extra money. My boss was almost never in the office because I was there to handle everything. After a year of being general factotum, on Friday the 13th of April, my boss comes to me and tells me he doesn't have my income tax paperwork ready, but has a reasonable excuse, and he asked me to file an extension. I told him, this is kind of last minute, don't you think? But okay, I'll do it. And I did. Every couple of weeks afterwards, I'd ask him about my tax paperwork, and he'd tell me, no, not yet and umpteen excuses why not. Finally, he told me his lawyer had them and was finishing preparing them and would be ready any day. Really? I did wonder why his lawyer was working on them instead of his accountant, but I didn't say anything. My tax extension would be up on Sunday, July 15th, so I had to turn my taxes in by Saturday, July 14th. On Friday, July 13th, at about 5 p.m., I was sitting in my office chatting with my mum, who was there to give me a ride home. My boss came into the office and had the gall to ask me to file another tax extension and gave me some totally bogus excuse. You see, what he didn't know was I'd found all my tax paperwork on his computer a few weeks before. It just needed to be printed out and signed off. So I knew then that he'd been lying his butt off the whole time. I remember staring at him for a few moments, absolutely dumbfounded, then smiling and saying, okay. My mum told me afterwards when she saw me smile at him like that, that she thought, oh snap, my daughter's gonna kill this guy and I don't know if I can stop her. I'm sure he wishes that that's all I'd done to him. First thing Monday morning, I walked straight up to my boss and dropped my resignation on his desk. 
He's like, what the heck? And tried to argue. But I don't argue. I just tell him, I'm leaving. Do you want me to work my notice? He said, heck no. Get your stuff and get out. Which was another huge mistake in a long line of them. Because I left and went straight to the IRS office where I gave up all the goods on this guy. He apparently never actually paid any of my taxes or his, though he did take it out of my pay and I had proof. It so happens, before he was a CAD drafter, designer, he was a CPA who left that field under a cloud. The IRS was not happy to hear his name again. Everybody knows you do not mess with the IRS. Not content with that, I then contacted all of his business associates and told them what he'd done, that he was being investigated by the IRS and if they didn't want to be too, they might want to steer clear. I didn't tell his wife, whom I was on very good terms with, but only because I wanted him to have that pleasure. Just picture that conversation. Oh my god, why did she leave? She did everything. Um, well... I'm very sure she heard all about it from his associates. I will give him this. He was stubborn. He managed to hang on to his business for about a year of living hell before going under. But I smirked every time I went by his empty office. Wait, so you're telling me, OP, that your boss was filing tax returns for you, taking the money, but then not actually paying the tax? Does it get much worse than that? I mean, come on. What a little scammer. Disgrace of a man. IRS, I hope you absolutely pound that man. No, not in that way. You sickos. Or maybe. Who knows? Maybe he deserves it. You know what is actually very worrying is that this man probably has done the same to many other people as well. And it was OP's, you know, hard work that got him finally caught and has ruined his business. But I just feel bad for all the other people that this has definitely happened to. Let's be realistic. Imagine how many years this guy's been doing this. Messing with someone's money is probably one of the worst things you can do. After family, that is. Like, come on. That's terrible. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. He infringed my art. I shut down his print shop and ruined his career. A little backstory. I'm an online artist and this took place when I was in my early 20s. There was a popular artist who calls himself a professional and works in the industries. I used to look up to him. Let's call him Zach. Lately, I noticed how Zach's art looked eerily too familiar to a piece of media I've seen before. So I looked up the images and found it too matched up to his art. He was directly referencing official art and profiting off of it by selling it on his print shops online. He didn't even make any effort to make the reference detach from the original piece. I confronted him about it, sending a detailed message not to do that and the possible consequences. I've seen artists in real life who've been sued for over $100,000 and to the extent of going to jail for doing what he did. Instead of being professional and mature about it, Zach lashed out at me and took it to social media, telling me how wrong I was to falsely accuse him since artists use references and how I could get sued for libel. I was dumbfounded at how clueless he was, not comprehending what I was talking about. In his social media post, he included my username for my blog, which had links to my contacts. 
my emails, Facebook page, art accounts, and Instagram. His fans, including his group of friends, joined in, sending me downright horrific messages. I had panic attacks resulting from the pure backlash of his enormous fan base. I constantly received hate mail, telling me how horrible I was as a person, how trashy my art was, and to the extent of death threats for almost an entire month. The straw that broke the camel's back was when he directly referenced my art and made money off it. I didn't know how to find a lawyer and I felt hopeless and angry that I couldn't do anything about it. Later it hit me though that if I can't do anything, then maybe another artist could or anyone that holds the copyrights. The last time I remember, Zach never credits any of these artists for his references. I looked into the art he referenced and examined each official company matching Zach's art. I used Google search to find anyone working for said company and voila, I found a staff member for a branch in a different continent. Let's call him Cody. I contacted Cody's Facebook and tipped him about Zach's activity through Messenger. I uploaded and sent a copy of their arts and Zach's art for comparison. Cody just simply replied, we'll contact our legal team. Thanks for the notice. Another week passes by and during that time, Zach constantly comments on every dang thing I post about on my art blog. And then silence. I checked his print shop and it was removed. His response to my message was taken down from his social media. He stopped talking to his friends publicly. Days later, a fan was asking about him and one of his friends responded that he's no longer friends because he is a toxic hypocrite. One of his former group of friends contacted my friend and cried about how awful a bully he was. Of course, my friend didn't care. It was the most glorifying feeling I've ever had. This would have been avoided if he'd at least heeded my warnings, but how he handled the situation was not professional at all. Now, roughly five years later, I was informed that apparently, Zach had a tough time getting back into the industry after allegations of his past copyright infringements. The biggest one was having a lawsuit with the company Cody worked for. Now, listen here, guys. As you can probably tell by my face, I'm not an artist. That doesn't make any sense. Now listen here guys, as you can probably tell by my monochrome walls, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm not that big into art, but I do know that copywriting and using someone else's art and selling it on without their consent is one of the worst things you can possibly do. Zach knows it, and that's why he's getting defensive and abusing you online. I mean, seriously, getting people to send you death threats when you know you're in the wrong, I don't think it gets much worse than that. That's embarrassing. I've got to say, 4OP, well done on doing something that others may not have been brave enough to do, or just realizing that something was happening that others may not have realized was going on it's a pretty terrible thing taking someone else's work and using it and selling it as your own yeah zach's career deserved to go down the drain sorry but it's true now for our second story of revenge didn't go above and beyond i'll delete everything that was above and beyond the original owner of the business i worked for was amazing i'll call him larry He cared about every employee and realized how much we helped the company with our respective positions. He'd even let me go negative on my sick time once when I was hospitalized for a week following a double pulmonary embolism with the agreement that I would work the time back. And I did. Just painting a picture of how wonderful Larry was as our boss. Larry finally retired after 45 years of running the business and sold it to his son, who I'll call Eric. Most people know how bad an idea that is, but Larry thought his son could handle it. He couldn't at first, but that's another story. Eric thought I wasn't doing enough during working hours, an office job dealing with inventory coming into a retail store. But what he failed to realize was that since I worked up there for six years and got familiar with the work, I was really efficient at the job. 
So much so that I'd collected more responsibilities each year. Larry was one of the main people pushing for me to take on more each year, with immediate raises every time something was added. Eric didn't have the same mentality. Eric fired me for being inactive for too long during the day. And another reason which isn't important here. That's also another story for another time. So I was really active for my last three days with deleting everything I'd created for the company. It was all above and beyond work. So since I didn't ever go above and beyond, they didn't deserve to keep it. It was science for products pictures gathered for advertising vendor contact information a program i designed to keep organized and on time for invoices and a manual i typed up on how to do my job they had an old version of my job instructions but by that time they were practically obsolete especially with all my extra duties collected over the years in the two years i've been gone they've had at least eight people hire for my position who quit within a couple of months I keep getting updates every few months from one of my friends in that office. I will personally never understand this mentality from a boss. If you've got a worker that is excellent at their job and is able to do more stuff in a shorter period of time, why would you punish them for that? What you're actually telling people to do by saying this is work slower and work less efficiently. Do less stuff and then I won't fire you. Like, it's really odd. If I've got an employee that's working at 100% capacity and they're doing great and they get all their work done in six hours, why would I want them to work slower and it take them eight hours? I'd rather give them more stuff to do in those other two hours. That's what Larry was doing. That's what Eric hasn't been able to do. It's very strange. Punishing someone for being too good at their job. That is a weird mentality. Now moving on to our third story of revenge. This one actually comes from r slash nuclear revenge. So you know it's gonna be extra juicy. Try to strong arm a victim illegally, we'll see about that. This happened back in 2010 when I lived in Winter Garden, Florida with my husband and his dying uncle. Quick background. My husband and I moved in with his sick uncle after losing so much during the 2008 housing market crash in the US, like many of my husband's lawn maintenance customers. We also moved in with his uncle into a condo because his uncle had stage four cirrhosis of the liver and his self-entitled sister and her family refused to help take care of him. My husband, a retired Seminole County Sheriff's officer, which is important for later, and I got ourselves set in the condo's two bedrooms as his uncle had himself set up in the living room, including the bed. On the first day, we found dangerous black molds caused by a leaky dishwasher. On the second day, we found the master shower had loose tiles and a leaky shower head. On the third day, we found a nest of brown recluse spiders in the living room. We talked with his uncle about these problems and found out that the landlord, who we will call Slumlord, who is friends with my husband's self-entitled sister, aunts, and her family, was refusing to take care of the issues as required by law. We wanted to start legal actions then, but my husband's uncle talked us out of it several times. The slumlord was nice to us so long as my husband's sick uncle was alive. The very next day after my husband's uncle died was a completely different story. The slumlord turned nasty, aggressive, and began to try and strong arm a victus like we were nothing more than drug addict squatters. The slumlord even bowed up and aggressively tried to fight my husband when we dropped off our next rent check. He kept telling us that we had to move or else, yet refused to follow actual Florida laws to evict us. The slumlord and his corrupt Winter Garden PD code enforcement officer wife even recruited my husband's self-entitled aunt and uncle to start harassing us about just move, even if you have to live in a tent. My husband's self-entitled aunt would say to me, 
Why don't you and my nephew just move so they can rent the condo to another senior? My husband replied, We don't have anywhere else to go yet, and our landlord must go through eviction laws or get into very serious trouble. But you're nothing but trouble, officer nephew. You've been problems since the day you were born. Get out of their condo and stop being a problem for everyone. Who cares if you have to live in a tent? All of this made my retired officer husband, who specialized in uncovering corrupted law enforcement, very suspicious. We talked and began investigating the slumlord and his corrupt code enforcement wife. My first order was to place all rent into escrow with evidence of repairs that have been neglected. Second, I sent a notification of cease and desist of harassment to the slumlord and the self-entitled aunt. Next, I researched public property tax records. Woohoo! Pay dirt there. The slumlord's condo wasn't registered as a rental property within the state of Florida, and he was paying far less in property taxes than he should have been. Property tax records also showed that he didn't own the condo. It was still deeded to his mother, who I found out had been living in a retirement home for five years before my husband's uncle moved in. My husband found out that the corrupt code enforcement wife had been inspecting and signing off on hers and Slumlaw's properties, including the condo, which is against Florida code enforcement conduct laws. I found out from my neighbors in the condo that the Slumlord had only been renting to seniors with severe health issues. My best discovery though, next to tax evasion, was finding out that the Condo Owners Association had a very strict no renting or leasing policy, meaning you or family had to live in the condo and it could not be rented. So, the revenge. Now that we had all of our evidence, my husband and I began to knock down all of the slumlords dominoes. My husband went and filed a complaint with the Winter Garden Police Department about the corrupt code enforcement wife and her perjury inspections on her family properties. Now, my husband has a glowing record in Seminole County and with the FDLE for having over 200 clean arrests and taking down nearly 60 corrupt public officials, including child protective services in the early 2000s. This background helped push WGPD to open an investigation into the corrupt code enforcement wife. They discovered that not only had she purchased inspections on her family's properties, but also on my husband's self-entitled aunt and uncle's property as well. This got the wife fired, stripped of her state enforcement officer's license, and convicted of multiple crimes. I sent all property tax fraud evidence to the FL's property tax division. That got the state to investigate the slumlord. The state found that not only did he commit property tax fraud on the condo, but also on a property that he was renting to his son and self-entitled aunt's son, along with business tax fraud and income tax fraud. Both the slumlord's son and self-entitled aunt's son were also busted for possession of illegal narcotics with intent to sell when investigators came to the rental house they lived in. I never expected that much fraud to be found from all of this, but I'm glad it happened. The business tax fraud of Slumlord affected self-entitled aunt and self-entitled uncle as well, since they were his business partners. My husband's self-entitled uncle then came under investigation by the USPS board, as he was the postmaster of Winter Garden. The uncle lost his comfy job and pension after it was discovered how he was assisting Slumlord in the tax fraud scam and for stealing money orders. All four were convicted of multiple white-collar crimes. They had to sell their properties and most of their stuff and serve some form of time and also pay huge amounts of fines and restitution. The Slumlord, his wife, my hubby's self-entitled aunt and my hubby's self-entitled uncle, along with their sons, all went down for multiple crimes both felonies and misdemeanors, 
all because they thought they could strong arm evict us. It just proves how smart we tenants can really be when pushed. And it also proves why everyone should know all rental laws and how to research public records because it can save you in the end. Yeah, I guess that's the overriding point, isn't it? If these people, if OP and her husband didn't know these laws, then look, nothing would have happened. They probably would have been evicted. Yeah, they might have put up some sort of fuss, but in their own head, put yourselves in their position, they may well have thought, oh, well, he's got the power to do this. But no, they knew their rights, they knew the laws, they investigated, they did their due diligence, and they had this come out as a result. Amazing stuff. The great thing is they're not only helping themselves here, obviously in this situation, but no doubt all these entitled people in the story, all these corrupt people, would probably have just kept on doing this right for the rest of their life who knows how many other people how many families who are renting may well have been affected by corrupt people like this so yeah op your husband good lads i appreciate what you do love it dealing with the locker thief in high school this was back in the early 2000s probably 2003-04 school year Throughout the entire year, there was a crime wave of people having things stolen out of their locked lockers. Not everyone, but enough that everyone knew someone it happened to. The school's only defense about this was that it was our fault for sharing locker combos with our friends. They also charged us every time we had to get the combination changed on a locker, like after a theft, for instance, because it was assumed to be our fault. Well, I had my graphing calculator taken out of my locker. I also never gave out my combination to anyone, mostly because my friends were idiots and we pulled stuff on each other like that all the time. So I was out $150 for the calculator and another $150 to change the combination, getting a locksmith out to change the lock. Remember, this is 2003 money, so it's a bit more than that now. To anyone who's ever had to buy a TI-86 in 2003 or 2004, you'll know how much the things cost. I assume that's the graph calculator. Well, my dad was drinking buddies with one of the county detectives. I'll call him Detective Buddy or Uncle Buddy. He went in to talk to the school about the string of thefts going on so that he could get the security camera for the day my calculator went missing and got completely brushed off as it was a non-existent problem and he must have given out his locker combination. The principal told him he would need a warrant to get the camera footage. Then when he got the warrant, the school fought the warrant in court citing student privacy. Cue the pro revenge. Detective Buddy shows up at our house with a laptop in a laptop bag. He's like, throw this in your locker and tell everyone you know about your brand new laptop. Okay, sure, Uncle Buddy. Oh, I see where this is going. Three days later, I show up at my locker between classes and the laptop is gone. The bag too, nowhere to be seen, as is a 24-ounce bottle of Coke and possibly some pens. I take my phone out and text them that the laptop has been taken. Stand by for the trash show. Oh, and you reported the theft to the police, FYI. He replies back. Okay, I reply, confused. I go about the rest of the day and I don't hear anything back. The following morning, Detective Buddy comes to school with three uniformed officers and pull a student, Dave, out of class, as well as his mum, who works in the front office. The principal is fuming. I don't actually hear the cops, but the principal is annoyed to no end that he had the audacity to accuse them of theft and he couldn't just take them out of his school, etc, etc. Well, turns out there was a tracker in the laptop bag and Uncle Buddy got a warrant to search a particular house. The laptop had a value of over $1,000, making it a felony. The next afternoon, he set up a tent with a table just outside of the school grounds he also had a banner across the top if you've ever had anything stolen from your locker come and see me by the next morning dave and his mum made the paper 
Apparently, Dave allegedly used his mum's login information to get onto the school network and get the locker combinations for basically everyone. Then he'd just open random lockers looking for valuables to steal if he didn't get info of a specific locker to steal from. When the detective set up the stand to get more people reporting thefts, he racked up an astounding number of charges. Each locker counted as a separate misdemeanor unless the stolen object was worth more than $1,000, in which case it was a felony. In less than a week, Uncle Buddy opened and broke an investigation and they charged Dave and his mum with nine felonies and 35 misdemeanor charges. When I finally got the story from Buddy, he explained what the situation was. Can I just do some quick maths here? Nine felonies, that means there's a minimum of $9,000 worth of stolen items there. And 35 misdemeanor charges? I mean, that could be anything. At maximum, $35,000. Well, just under. That's a lot of money. So, the detective had had me stash a brand new laptop that had a GPS tracking unit stuck in it in my locker, then get it stolen deliberately so that he could get a warrant to search the property it had been taken to. Now, the fun thing to stress is that the laptop was over $1,000 value, pushing the theft from a misdemeanor into felony level. And there were also those eight other felony charges, stuff like jewelry that was stolen from other people's lockers and recovered. So any of the locker break-ins that amounted to over $1,000 stolen was a felony charge and less than the 1000 was a misdemeanor. The cool thing was that because the calculator and the laptop were on separate days and the combination changed between the days, Dave caught a felony and a misdemeanor charge off of me alone. But here we go. The nine felony thefts ended up in the $12,000 range total and the 35 misdemeanor charges were somewhere in the range of $3,000 total in value. Wow. from stealing from school lockers. That's insane. Now look, that is an awful lot of stuff stolen, but I need to stress that this is only what was proven stolen. Like this is what they caught him with in his possession that they could trace back to someone. Oh my goodness me. Think of all the stuff that he might have stolen and sold on or just, I don't know, hidden somewhere else. This could be like tens of thousands of dollars. Oh my word. They also didn't let them plead to anything. It was our town's highest profile crime in years and without a doubt, one of the worst crime sprees the county had seen in decades. Next up on the revenge. Everyone who had been charged $150 to get their locker combinations changed sued the school district in a class action lawsuit. The justification was that the school did nothing to investigate the 44 proven and more than likely 200 plus unproven cases of locker theft and then charge money to get the locker combinations changed. There was 218 people in that class action lawsuit and in total, everyone got $85 after attorney's fees. All right, quick maths in my head. That's about, what, 18,000, roughly 17, $18,000 Wow. The principal also lost his job for being a bonehead and not bothering to attempt to deal with the massive problem that was reported to him going on at the school. The fun thing I need to point out is that the school brought in a locksmith to change out the locks. That's why the justified charge was $150. Well, the school already paid the $150 per locker, but they also had to return $100 per locker, meaning that they were out $21,800 plus their legal fees for that class action lawsuit. Oh my gosh. Next comes the criminal trial and the fallout. Now, having attended much of the best parts of the trial, I will say this. They had Dave on camera entering 20 plus lockers and they had him in possession of stolen goods for every single charge they made against him. 
The judge was also not amused that there was likely other reported crimes that they got away with because they couldn't prove it or they weren't reported. So Dave was charged and that was that. But the most important thing is that I got my graphing calculator back. It had my name engraved inside the battery compartment. I still have it today as well as a cool story to tell. Wow, so you're telling me that this one kid, Big Dave, with the help of his mother, stole, I don't even know how much. I mean, over $20,000 minimum. Let's just say that. But the fact is, think of all the items that were stolen, all the people that may not even realize that things were stolen from them, and everything that wasn't found then can't be added onto this, like, trial, you know, onto the charges. We're probably looking at, I don't know, in retrospect, thirty to forty, maybe even $50,000 worth of items. That would be my genuine guess here. I mean, look, $20,000 in the title, because I don't want to clickbait you guys, but I reckon we're actually close to about 50k here that is incredible what is so shameful about this is that the principal doesn't even care that's the most shocking thing right if one thing was stolen from a locker there would be let like, school be shut down i'm not even joking if there was one expensive thing like a laptop or something even even a 200 dollars calculator that was clearly stolen from a locker there would be like it'd be mass hysteria i'm not even joking there'd be a massive investigation i remember one time in class we weren't allowed to leave a classroom because like, someone's pencil case had gone missing like that was a sort of level that it was yeah maybe a bit too far but it, you see what i'm saying fifty thousand dollars worth of stuff i'm i'm roughly estimating gets stolen and the principal says no you've told people your combinations how about 200 people all haven't done that you idiot now for our second story of revenge my client refused to pay for my service now her facebook ads tell her she's a scammer so i was hired to make an advertisement for this cosmetic startup I normally don't accept local clients because I've had a lot of bad experiences with them But this client sounds like she's willing to pay my service. So I accepted her. I actually didn't charge that much I only charged her $60 per week and on average I charge a foreign client $300 per week. The first two weeks were good She provided me with every material I needed to make an effective advertisement despite her limited budget However, we began having an argument after that second week She suddenly demands that our ad should have at least 1,000 clicks per day, which is freaking absurd because her budget only allows her to have around 1,200 reaches per day. I told her that for that to be possible, she should increase her budget. Suddenly, she calls me a fraud, despite my ads having at least 300 clicks per day, and now she refuses to give me her payments. For the last two weeks, she's been ignoring my calls, This weekend, I think my number's been blocked. Stupid her, because she didn't remove me from her page. So, I decided to be petty. Her ads are still running, so I decided to change them. I changed the pictures to a text post which says, Don't buy this. The owner refused to give me my salary. And I rate VA she called a fraud for not meeting her absurd expectation. I also included screenshots of our conversation to back it up. I did it last night and i'm sure at any moment she'll contact me but i'm done with her that 120 dollars she owes me is hers to keep as for me i'm not accepting local clients anymore i'm just done with them okay look obviously it's a shame that op didn't get their money and kind of got swindled and taken advantage of but for one second sit back relax and just start laughing imagine you go on facebook and you see an ad that literally says do not buy this don't click on this this person is a scammer if anything that would make me want to click on it 
A little bit of reverse engineering. So, uh, sorry, OP. Turns out you are actually really good at your job. Getting more clicks than you even try to. Good stuff. I really want to know what happens when this person finds out. Like, what her reaction is going to be. She's probably going to be so gutted. But it's definitely fair. Because, come on. Like, that's the problem with these sort of things. These sort of freelance things. You kind of want to be able to ask for the money up front. But it's just not a done thing. So, you just end up relying on customers to do the right thing and pay you eventually. But does that always happen? Clearly not. Now for our third story of revenge. Messy guests trash their room. I sent evidence of their messy lies home with them. All right, today I did something out of nothing but pettiness, but I feel I've done the right thing in the long run. Don't get me wrong, this was done purely for my own satisfaction, but reflecting, I feel I'd want to know this sort of thing if I was in this guest's girlfriend's shoes. I recently started a new job as a housekeeper at a popular train hotel. And while I'm enjoying it, the vomit rooms from stag do's, etc. really irritate me. They always somehow manage to get it on the only carpeted area of the room, and it puts me behind schedule, having to scrub at the carpet. This one room today really took it to the next level. Rubbish scattered about, food jammed down the sides of the bed, as well as vomit patches all over the room. It took a while to get through all the mess, but towards the end of clearing, I found a birthday card addressed to the guest on the floor. The card was open and read, Happy birthday. I love you so much. Have a great birthday weekend away. I'm going to miss you so much. Love, Beth. I picked up the card to bin it, and when I closed it, I saw the front read, To my amazing boyfriend on his birthday. My eyebrows immediately raised. I'd just picked up multiple condom wrappers, seen the used ones in the bin, as well as finding a pair of used women's underwear and a torn dress in the sheets. I was originally going to throw the dress and underwear away as they were both clearly torn beyond wear and the guests had most likely intended for me to do that, but dang, I was mad about that vomit and crusty food. This poor girl has been cheated on by a man who trashed the hotel room, but luckily for her, he angered me. I took the torn dress and underwear down to the reception and logged them into our lost and found with the room number attached Our system always sends a copy of lost item emails to the emergency contact as well Just in case the guest misses the email Therefore the cheater and his emergency contact will soon receive a friendly email with a photograph of the forgotten items And a description of what they are and where they were found in the room Who is his emergency contact? Of course, his girlfriend, Beth. If you're gonna cheat on your SO, don't pee off the housekeeper. Yeah, well, uh, that one was just absolutely brilliant. I'm sorry, if you leave a room like this, then you are a disgraceful person first off. Surely there's like an extra cleaning charge or something. Like if there's food everywhere, if the room's a total mess, food everywhere, vomit on the carpet, etc., etc., to the extent that it's gonna take a lot longer than normal to clean it, surely the hotel should be charging more at that point. I don't know. I don't really think that's a done thing, is it? But I think in situations like this, it probably should be. You know what? One way of charging a guest is by doing what you did, OP. Ruining their relationship is completely deserved. You have to admit, it really is. And I do agree with OP. If I was in their footsteps, in this girl's footsteps, I would want to know. Therefore, I think it's perfectly reasonable. And also, the guy's an absolute douche and just ruin the room for you to clean up. Yeah, good stuff. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.